you got a sunny stronger soldier, so it's not over. Even if you need someone to hold you, they keep your composure. Even on the days you're moving slower and can't seem to focus. You live for greatness and you know it, you just gotta show it. Know you crushed your life a couple times, but it's okay, you grown. Know you gotta read between the lines, but it's okay, you own it. Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it. COVID has been an experience for everybody. Everybody's experience They had highs, they got lows. How has COVID been for you? Because you're glowing, so you guys can't see that, but she's glowing. So I don't know what really is going, you know, what, how COVID's been um, COVID has been cerebral. It's been very cerebral. I think we can all, the whole world can say that. Um, but during COVID, I, I just became super mindful of and tentative about my health and what I was doing, what I was putting into my body. I took extra steps in making sure I'm getting my vitamins and all the nutrients that could benefit my body. As you know, I, I work out every day yeah. and I felt like the day I can't move like I'm used to moving, that's how I know I'm sick. So mm -hmm. thus far, we are two years into COVID because we didn't think it was gonna last this long in the first place. Who would have thought? Um, but my movement has been, today it's at its best. I cannot complain whatsoever. Um, but it's been really, it's been, being out of work for about nine months was different for me, but it was also a hiatus I need to become mindful, you know, to be like, hey, do you got this time off? What are you going to do with it? Yes. What what can you do with it? Uh, I focused a lot on my book, which is a jarring process. But, you know, for a person with multiple sclerosis for about 25 years now, I think I'm doing pretty awesome in my journey in writing a book. <laughs> Definitely are. Matter of fact, let's get into... Uh, being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Can you take us way back? Take us let's, back. Let's to, go back. Let's, let's go, go back. back. Um, well, uh, first symptoms were the onset symptoms. And it was a lot of, first of all, it was facial dysmorphia, Bell's palsy. And this condition was I couldn't see it, but people that were around me would be able to see it. So I was taking out of my classroom and basically it was a roller coaster of doctor's appointments in one day. So this is one day. It was just a roller coaster of me going to the pediatrician, then me going to the emergency room and, da -da 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 and then all of a sudden, I'm missing the whole summer because I'm stuck in the hospital with an ailment that nobody knows and no one has any knowledge of what's going on with my body. And um, it took me, it took them, the doctors, about two years to finally diagnose me. Before then I was diagnosed with, I was told that I had different things. It wasn't an, you know, a diagnosis, but it was like, oh, well, you could have this, that, 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 that. You're so yeah. young. That was the first thing. You're so young. You're so black. <laughs> it was like, you're so All young. of the you're above. So All of the above. So um, though a lot of things were, I was up against a lot. I felt like because I had 
a very good support system, there was mm-hmm. nothing that could really hold me back, you know? But I had to figure that out with time, you know, not being told what you have. And that when you are told, hey, you have this, but guess what? There's no cure for it. It kind of brings you at a high, then drops you straight to the ground all over again. Like, so, you know, as a child, where does that really leave you? You know, what else do you have to do? And that's where my book is very conducive and allows people to understand the mental in getting diagnosed with something that has no justification, no etymology, and no hope for a Mm -hmm. cure. So that's that's my tiny spotted mind in a nutshell, literally the highs and lows of what me as a child that I had to go through um, trying to figure out, you know, how do I fit in now? Do I even fit in now? Like, what am I supposed to do now? Am I going to die? (laughs) Like, what's the next step? Yeah, the the unknown is the the biggest fear, the unknown. So what people don't know, they fear the most. And once between those two years, I just didn't know. I just didn't know. So I was scared already. But then when you tell me this is what it is, but there's no cure, there's another whole emotional turmoil that you go through. Like, damn, I'm about to die. Let's get into the mental health portion of it. Because um, being diagnosed as a kid, you... I'll not say you, me, I was, um, like you said, I didn't know I was lost because I didn't know where it stands. What does this mean? What does this not mean? What, what, is, what will I be able to do? What won't I be able to do? Why and how is my life shift and altering? And as so young, you don't even think about having kids or having a family or being, you're just a kid. You're trying to do the basic outside play, jump, roll, those activities. And uh, you're also shielded because since you're so young, your parents don't want the world to get at you because they know how hard the world is. So they don't Mm -hmm. over time. Let's talk about your mental health. How, how was your mental health? Or should I say, how do you help and uh, let's just say help because I'm trying to think of the word uh, your mental health well I had to learn how to cope since I was nine years old so my coping there we go that's the word fluctuated coping. in so many ways you know I went from self-loathing to self-hate to you nice. know you wanting to fit in then as I got older, I realized ain't no way in hell. There's no nothing that could box me. There's nothing that can really situate me. Um, I was doing some research the other day and it's diagnosed. They have six children that were ever diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And because these children don't have names on the thing that I was reading, the research I was reading, I could be one of those six. (laughs) Like you could be one of the six. It could be me and you, you know what I'm saying? So it's six black children that was ever diagnosed. And I'm sure there's a, there's a tremendous amount. So as for mental wellness, I felt like I had to fight a lot. And it was, I wasn't fighting other people. I was fighting myself, 
you know, I was really digging deep into myself and, you know, you become, you felt like first and foremost, that you'll never equivocate to anything. You'll mm. never be anything. You'll never, you'll never be a cheerleader. You'll never be, you know, top mm-hmm. percentile in your class. You're already, all those things are already, you're, you're so daunted by everything you can't do you forget what your abilities actually are you understand you're told first and foremost it's the delivery of the doctors that's what i want to tell you as a child you cannot come up to a child and tell the child that you have multiple sclerosis when the child can't even pronounce it first and foremost that's messed up and I want to bring that to all practitioners. You can't tell somebody, especially a child, that they have multiple sclerosis and tell their, tell their, tell their um, Haitian parents, which are immigrants, that the child has a disorder and not be able to sit there and really explain to them and give their parents as well as their child therapy. That's messed up. And that's where the healthcare in America fucking fails. That's crazy. I forgot to mention you. Shout out. She's a Haitian queen. Love it. But um, yeah, you don't hit somebody with news like that about their child and not really sit them down and be like, hey, we have therapy available to you. And we have somebody that's more conscious is that able to um, reiterate the diagnosis for your child. And I was a youngest child. So now, you know, my mental is thinking, well, I'm going to die. What can I get done in this minimalized time that I have left on earth? You know what I'm saying? And your mind just starts sprouting all types of crazy shit. And that's when I feel the devil has its way that he can play with you. Well, Shorty thinks that she's about to die. She about to go, she about to go in. She's about to go ham and I'm going to use her. I'm going to utilize that weakness, that torment inside of her as ammunition. And that's what it was. It was a lot of, um, it was a lot of, how can I say, conditioning through the healthcare system that didn't give me the, the, the tools, exactly. The Mm -hmm. tools to get through thinking Mm -hmm. that I was a liability, making me feel that, you know, maybe I wasn't worth it, that I should possibly commit suicide. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. It sits on you. Yeah. Uh, So mental wellness, I've been um, doing a lot of speakings uh, with other people about mental wellness. And they, I think the, the, the world that doesn't see us as the global majority, because we are the global majority, that doesn't see us as the global majority, thinks that we don't suffer from things like that. And they take this um, blanketed white narrative to only be like, white people go through mental illness and only white people deal with these things. And they cascade this blanket and they leave out a whole narrative. And it's, 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 it's beyond sad, it's selfish, and it's disrespectful. Because, we listen, it's beyond, now it's to the point where it's beyond just my MS. It's beyond me. It's beyond me. Because as I dig in deeper 
to where the etymology of multiple sclerosis comes from or came from, I dig into my history. And boy, once you get into Black American history, Black, boom, Black history, period, you start thinking differently. You start seeing things that was camouflaged all your life that you're like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You start you're looking at people with a side eye, do you know what I mean? So it's, um, it's, it's more than mental health just from the multiple sclerosis standpoint. Now it's a, it's, it's a multitude of things. It's a whole umbrella of infractions that I'm trying to piece together, you know? So mental health in just MS, yes, it's one thing from being pediatric MS to an adult and yeah. dealing with this for 25 years. That's one thing. But once you start de digging deep into your narrative, I'm Haitian, I'm black. I, I wasn't my, how can I say my ancestry goes so far back and I'm trying to figure out who I am to get to where I'm going. Amen. Where I'm going. Amen. Okay. I heard you. You, you, you dig deep and you find out things that doesn't resonate with you well, but makes you fight harder. Yeah. Definitely. So mental health yeah. is, is serious and our children, all our children deserve it. All our children needs that ex need that escape and that therapy and to be heard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. So now I would say to you, uh, before we uh, actually, first of all, let's get into. Your, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, ask you for your advice, but let's first get into. Uh, you, I'm so proud to say she is also an author of a book that will be dropping real soon called My October. Friday, <laughs> mine, October. So it's gonna October. look something like this, y'all. It's gonna look. Yes, something like this. I love that cover. Like. We talked about mm -hmm. that. Yes, you guys can't see the cover, like for the audio, <laughs> you guys can't see it, for the visual, you guys can't, but uh, let's get into My Tiny Spotted Mind. I also need to pre-order my book because I want to be in a contest where you can sign my book to me, you know, I'll be author to sign the book. I need to <laughs> yes, ma'am, you already know, that. yes, ma'am. I'll send my money, I need it signed by the author. 100%. So um, that's just like my pediatric journey. That's just how I took the news. You get to learn about a little bit of my family history, who I was before MS. You get to learn her. You get to learn about the princess. Um, you get to learn about a little bit of Haitian history. You get to get to it's a it's a a learning course about what changed in me when I learned of my diagnosis? What, okay. what catapulted, what directed the, the, how can I say it? What directed the frustrations in a child and how a child dealt with hearing, hey, you have multiple sclerosis and I'm nine years old, I'm like, blah, 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 blah. what, <laughs> you know? You can but not barely pronounce the word. You're not gonna and, let her um, tell her. We know she can't say the whole, but we're gonna have to come back. I can't back tell you the it. whole thing. We're gonna do it. We have to come back and I'm gonna have to come back and try to apply for an interview so we can talk about the book when it's it drops. Because I definitely, I definitely will be reading it, and I encourage 
my listeners when uh, it comes out. And it's for the, sure you know, I do home. it. I do it for the kids. At the end of the day, I do it for the kids. I do it for the upcoming generation to make sure that they're never alone. Like it might not be MS. It might be something else. It might be a bad day. It might be bullying. I have bullying assessed in this book because I was bullied as a child, you know, for reasons I was not even understood, you know, over, over simple things, how kids can be so mean and so brutal. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like they I, have I to learn the, this. The worst word that um I hate, and I know you're not supposed to say hate, but um being bullied as a kid, I remember everybody saying you're weird. Well, I'm weird to you because there's I have to kind of cover myself to fit in. I can't do the things that you can do. I can't mm-hmm. physically do the same thought. I can't run. I can't jump. I can't get up there, break dance, do everything yeah. that you do. So you keep yourself so far away, but close enough so you can be a part of it. So I think and I spoke about how I I actually found solitude in alienating myself later in life and quarantining myself and keeping away from other people. Because once I'm by myself, ain't nobody judging me no more. I'm good. Nobody gives a shit about me except me. Nobody could tell me. Nobody could tell me exactly a safe zone. And nobody could tell you, you're not fitting in. How am I not fitting in into my old mold? I'm the only person here. And it took me a while to understand that. You know, it took me a while. It's, It's like more in my early adulthood that I really reveled. In, in my solitude. So when quarantine rolled around, I was like, finally, finally. <laughs> okay, I'm in my element. I'm in my finally. element. Right, you know, like, okay, let the whole world like, slow down. Do everybody just adjusted. I did too, I kind of laughed. Um, I laughed when everybody was going crazy during COVID because being battling this disease, you spend a lot of time, a lot of time by yourself already. So when everybody was panicking, I'm like, shit, welcome to my club. I do this shit. <laughs> like, like, this is my joy. Welcome to the club. Like, oh, so y'all, oh, y'all, oh, y'all, oh, y'all can't get out? Oh, man. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Right. Oh, you guys, oh, you mad about just a mask? Man, what about trying to get a walker, a wheelchair, or a scooter through the door? Or walking, you know, the looks you get parked, like, look, welcome to the world. When you so park in a handicapped spot and they like look at hey, you, that's you're not VIP parking. I don't care what like, anybody what? says. I'm proud of my VIP parking. I'm proud Amen. that at the airport they push me down to my gate. I get through yes, security. Yes, you actually get it. You get there on time for your flight. <laughs> okay. You better first use that privilege. First one off the plane, depending. Man, I'm trying to tell Amen. you. I, you know, I, 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 I do that. Okay, so with your wisdom, when somebody is facing this battle, what advice do you have to give them, uh, whether they're young or they're old, uh, what advice would you give them? Be patient with yourself. Mm. You, you deserve it. And you're not placed here for no reason. And it's gonna take you time to figure out your reason just be patient with yourself. Um, the first thing, because I had to learn patience. I'm a very impatient person. <laughs> okay, I like things to happen now, and I need the full effect. So I'm very impatient. So be patient with yourself. Yeah. 
The second thing I would tell you to do is know your triggers. Know, know what ticks you off, what makes you sad, what makes your blood rush, what, you know, makes you move. Um, I had to notice that too, especially being a, a speaking person, always having to speak to people um, and doing speaking engagement. I had to really sit down and be like, Diana, what makes you sad before you go on, you know, before you go on and get on that night? What do you talk about that brings it out of you? I'm like, damn, the whole MS brings it out of me. So it's like, what can I do to reverse the effect? The more I say something, the less of a trigger it has on me. It has an adverse effect. Like when my grandmother passed, every time I would say my grandmother's name, I would go, you remember, I would go berserk. Like I couldn't stop myself. It's understandable. But now, but now when I say her name, it's more joyous. I think mm -hmm. about all the things that she helped me get through. The lessons. Versus, yes, yeah. versus the loss, the yeah. lessons and the blessings that she gave to me. You know what I'm saying? So it's patience, it's your triggers, and also your eating. Before I eat anything, I research it now. Um, it took me about, somebody asked me, how long did it take me? It took me about six years to get this down pat. Everything I put into my body serves its purpose. I learned that what's more, um, I want to say autoimmune compliant, that helps me with my inflammation rather than gives me inflammation. I know that processed cheeses, I know that uh, milk, I know that... Um, a lot of starches, those are inflammatory things. So I rather eat things that don't give me inflammation to my lesions rather than give me things that look good on a plate or cheaper to buy. You know, it might cost a little bit more, might take you a little bit more to prep and cook, but it's worth your wellness. You know, I wouldn't be able to move the way that I move if I ate bad. I guarantee you that. If I ate everything on a Haitian menu, 100%, I would not be as viable. And I don't know why, people ask me this also. Um, I eat whatever I want and there's nothing wrong with me. For some reason or not, there's something yeah. that was triggered in my system to tell me to slow the fuck down. Yeah. Whatever I'm doing is no good for me. And I remember having, um, the availability of Wendy's up the block. So that cheese on top of those fries, those fries that are not even real potatoes, that cheese that is not even real. <laughs> I right. love it all, girl. Right. I, I lick my fingers. I would love all right. of that stuff. Right. But you would have to know that these things are not good for you. These things would only continue on triggering your flare-ups and it's it's only going to reduce your mobility and reduce your mental state and whatever you put in your gut goes into your brain it's the same system same system the same anatomical function the same swivel that you see in your stomach is the same swivel that you see in here just condensed and these things that you put in your body help everything else once it goes through a process to fuel the rest of everything. So I'm just OCD mindful, OCD mindful to the point where my fiance lost weight fucking with me, okay? Like OCD right. mindful 
other things that I put in my body because I want to utilize this body for as long as God gives it to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. The most important thing uh, that I love to hear uh, is what has this battle taught you about yourself? Um, that it's okay to ask for help. Mm. That just gave me chills. That's a hard thing to do. So if if you not, not necessarily prideful, but you're just a person who I can I'm person I can do it I can do it I can do it I can yeah do it. I can do, do everything. If mommy could do it, I could do it too. I could do everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have this this once you get through a certain point in your journey and you see that you're you're able you don't want to ask for help anymore because you don't want to feel like you're a liability. And I mm. felt like a liability all through my teens in every single relationship I was in. And I never wanted to be a liability to anyone that I loved around me. So at the same time, there's some days that you just can't commit to an activity. There's some days that you have to bow out gracefully be like listen I don't feel good and I need help today I'm gonna nap and you go quick because I can't do it you know it's okay to sit back you don't have to I I love I love it's I love being in control who does it I don't know that maybe that's just me but I love knowing what's coming up next I love knowing yeah. you know yeah. I'm I'm I think that because MS has taught me so much discipline in myself and I've learned so much discipline having this ailment that I do have a bit of a control issue, but I have learned that it's okay to step back and ask mm -hmm. for help. It's yeah. okay to let somebody else lead me, like my fiance, yeah. such a born leader. And yeah. I'm so blessed to have a leader like that, not a yeah. dictator. Yes. Not, a you dictator, <laughs> not a dictator, but a leader, a leader in faith, a leader in um, my mental, a leader in my heart, a leader in when we go out, he always asks me, do you want to leave early? Do you want to take a break? Is it too hot out here for you? Yeah. And I trust him to be a leader. So asking for help is something I learned with multiple sclerosis. And also um, letting myself, give myself space and time to heal mm. from every single time MS takes me down. Because yeah, I think that MS is a one-time thing. Whoever's listening, no, it's a all the time. It takes you down over and over again. And you have to let yourself, give yourself the ability to gradually get back up and heal again. Because this is, it's a constant yeah. healing Bad. journey every single day. It's a battle every single day. I always say it's, it's something every day is a new day. It's every day something different. One day you have a high day. Next day you have low day. Three high days, two low days, all depending on it, the end of You, can't, you don't day. even know. You don't even know what you're going to be faced with till you get yeah. there. So you wake up the next day. So it's, it's you know, besides, besides just um, asking for help, um, the constant healing energy, people you keep around you, 
the energies you need. Like, first and foremost, first and foremost, us with MS, we like to be alone first and foremost. We, this, this quarantine thing is nothing new to us. But once we let you in our, our zone, our area, listen, we're not only blessed, but consider yourself really blessed for letting, yes. letting you in here in our space yeah <laughs> okay it's hard. that's really hard yeah it's very hard to just yeah. be like you know what i trust you this much i'm letting you into my space because yeah, i know i can i can close my eyes and know that i'm good i know that if i if, if i'm down you're gonna pick me back up yeah. you know what i'm saying if yeah. i'm maimed you're gonna carry me yeah it's, that's it's a big deal yeah i always say we the best friends y'all ever have because we're gonna be loyal so we want you to be loyal to us. And that's just part of relationships. If you solid, if you're a solid person. Yeah. If you're a you know, solid person, it. that means you're a lot solid. to us. Because we don't need people that are going to fall off or not be on board. It's yeah. this, is, this is gang. If anything, this is gang. You know what I'm saying? This is how I we're going to be for the rest of our lives. Quiet. I always say we want to be quiet. That's uh, it. Before I, do, I said that was the favorite part, but my actual favorite part is uh, certifying you want sick B. But before um, I close out, do you have anything that you would like to say, tell? And I also need you to shout out your page, uh, let people know your book, uh, how they can find you, where they can find you, any advice or anything else you would like to say, and definitely um, your information. Again, just be patient with yourself. Take your time. Um, try to be, there's so many people that I have seen with MS that have been out here advocating. Listen and follow, watch their patterns because you can't trust everything that you see. You can't trust everything that you see. Make sure people are consistent with what they're telling you. Yes. Um, but take bits and pieces from everyone's journey and try to customize it to yourself. And that's really how you're going to learn. And don't be afraid to ask for a second, third, and fourth opinion until you feel comfortable mm -hmm. enough with yes. what that person is telling you, that you're being taken seriously and not being gaslit. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and my name is Diana Leah, Lady Diana Leah. You can find me on Instagram, My Tiny Spotted Mind. That's also the name of my book, which will be out in October. Um, this is commemorating my grandmother and mm. Mommy Leah. And hopefully, you guys get a really good read and understanding of what a Black child goes through with multiple sclerosis in. America. Yes. Well, here at One Sick B, I would like to certify you. I'm certified One Sick B, but you're also certified One Sick B. You've been balancing doing this for 20 plus years. Uh, the way you articulate your words, the way that you open your heart and express what's going on in your emotions, uh, and you're an open book, you're writing a book, and you're inspiring and advocating. So the definition of one sick bee as a strong individual that fights through unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battle that life throws at you without warning, but you, Lady Diana, <laughs> haven't and refuse to carry the spirit of Roman. So I'd like to certify you, baby, one sick bee.
and thank everybody all for the listening. time thank everybody and thank for you for having you me follow, you can find oh thank you for coming you can find me at one sick b podcast on facebook one sick b on youtube you can find me at one sick b underscore podcast on instagram you can find me on iheart spotify amazon Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Peace. And we'll talk to you later. Until next time. You gotta read between the lines, but it's okay, you on it. Know you got some people in your life that's gonna make you want it. Know you got some people by your side when you look into their eyes. All you ever do is smile, cause they make you worth it. Already know this life ain't perfect, but you gotta work it. You gotta adapt to the pain, and you got used to hurting. And you're the one that's needed help, you used to offer service. You're not alone, not by yourself, now don't forget that. You're always fighting, always fighting for the get back And you always trying, always grinding and I'm with that You're such a fighter and your strength is where your gifts at You know every day's a fight but every day you getting up and perform When you think it's nothing left you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent his strongest soldiers to war Like, God sent his strongest soldiers to war You know every day's a fight but every day you getting up to perform And when you think it's nothing left you gotta know you got more Let's not forget that God sent his strongest soldiers to war Like, God sent his strongest soldiers to war